This is the Club Solutions Magazine Podcast, Supplier Voice Edition, brought to you by Mio Labs, a technology company committed to creating performance training ecosystems to empower fitness-minded individuals with meaningful data and insight to connect members to optimize training and health. Welcome to the Club Solutions Podcast. My name is Rico Francis, president and co-founder of Peak Media and Club Solutions. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Marcelo Aller, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Mio Labs. Marcelo, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to have this conversation with you. Our purpose today is to learn more about you, learn more about Mio Labs, and then specifically to learn how you can help our listeners. So with that in mind, let's just dive right in. First, tell us about your background and how you got started with the company. It's a great question. I, I had was thinking about this specifically. And you know, for me, I, I started out in the industry on the gym floor. I was going to school full-time and working at health clubs full-time at that time. That was about 22 years ago. Flash forward to now, throughout that journey, I've operated several different health clubs. I started out actually at Bally's moved to Equinox Fitness Club. At Equinox, I've had an opportunity of climbing the uh, management ladder and had different roles at, at Equinox where it exposed me to working with various different types of vendors uh, as a trainer and as a coach. And I'm still certified by the National Strength and Conditioning Association as a CSCS and certified personal trainer for over 20 years. I've provided CEUs. I've, I've been very passionate about training with technology throughout my career. And that led me to work with various different types of vendors and had the opportunity of working with some of the bigger brands in the industry from Polar to Zephyr Technology that worked with Under Armour to working with medical device manufacturers, creating unique products for Parkinson's disease populations to going back to heart rate monitoring in several different roles with the current company that I'm with right now, Mio. So that journey for me really started out with a passion and trying to be athletic my whole life and being told at a young age that I would not uh, achieve certain milestones drove me to kind of where I am today. Cool. So you're vice president of sales and marketing. What do you do on a typical day or kind of describe the scope of your area of responsibility? Sure. Title really doesn't really justify what what I believe people do in their day-to-day. I manage the sales process. I manage customer relationships. I create awareness campaigns. I try to help people get in uh, their technology that helps them manage their business Currently, right now, we we do work with the B2B division and B2C division, so it's very different in my day-to-day operation. So I might be doing social media campaigning for consumers one day and then turning and working with coaches and trainers and operators in their B2B business and then maybe even working with physical educators or even pro teams or college teams or high school teams and trying to get them their technology. As a company, really what we're about is a digital fitness company that 
his legacy started out in creating the first high-speed PPG, PPG sensor, and that's an acronym for uh, plasmography, which is a light technology that measures blood flow. So it's a you know, different way of measuring heart rate than the standard one-lead ECG that people are, uh, the chest belt technology that people are very familiar with. Through that journey with Mio, what we've done in day-to-day is just been really creating an awareness that there are other technologies that help people get data in an easier way than using something like a chest belt. But then today, I think you're seeing that adopted more commonly. It's just taken time to, to see that actually adoption. But it's it's various different types of, uh, of responsibilities in my day-to-day from general Salesforce design, creating a buyer's journey to creating the right communication so the consumer gets it at the right time. Okay. And we'll talk more about heart rate monitors and your technology in a second. So we'll certainly come back to that. On a personal note, I saw that you were featured in Runner's World, which is very cool. Tell our audience about that and maybe just a little about your your passion for running. Yeah, I started out with running really as a means to get me ready for the sports that I played in my college career and my high school career. During that time, I've always used it as a way to get better. I recently, as you just mentioned, got mentioned in Runner's World, and it was sharing a story about about three years ago. I was, just like today, at my work desk, just about wrapping up a session, and I was going to start a workout. And I normally have, I either go outdoors for a run or I have a treadmill in my basement. I'm one of the lucky few that, that have built a gym in my basement. And I was standing at 176 beats per minute. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's not exactly normal what I call hangout heart rate or ambient heart rate. And I quickly thought, you know what, you know, batteries, life on devices sometimes affect it. But I'm I'm the one of those weird tech geeks that train with four different devices because I'm always doing an analysis between competitors to different technologies. So I had four different devices and those devices all had the same reading. I slightly type A decided to proceed and to do my HIIT training session that morning and realized that I achieved high numbers of like 220-240 my first seven minutes of exercise. I stopped, straddled the treadmill, noticed that I was maybe not abnormally breathing, but I had a sense of more anxiety at that point. So I texted my wife and told her that I would be heading to the ER. Instead of calling an ambulance, I decided to drive the three miles to the ER. And 36 hours later, I was diagnosed with AFib, cardioverted. And for me, that was a wake-up moment to my own health that I always advocated as a coach and trainer to everyone. So running for me has been a lifesaver for mentally and physically. Very proud to be able to be considered a runner. I religiously run for the last couple of years now, half marathons. Most recently, I did a virtual run, which I actually 
shared my journey to breaking a two hour half marathon run on Instagram, just sharing with people what, what I do with technology. Cause I often get that question of like, what do you do with your heart rate zones and how do you train? And so I kind of, what I did was in runner's world, they uh, allow you to share your story. I also posted this on our website on meal-labs.com and kind of shared what was posted there in runner's world. You have to be a member to be able to see what was posted. So if people want to see actually that article, it's on our website. Okay. Very inspiring. All right, let's transition. We've talked a couple times about heart rate monitors. Obviously, that's what you guys are known for. There are lots of competition in the market. You mentioned one company I think you work for maybe previously or you work with who's one of the competitors. There are several others. What makes Mio Labs different? Yeah, and so people should be aware, we, we've the brand just got relaunched. And in our relaunch, the big difference between us and everyone else is that one, we're an open platform, an open device platform. So we've partnered with other software partners when it comes to creating group training solutions in gyms. Our partner is Selfloops, who's created some great at-home group training solutions as well that we've we've had successes with with various different types of gym owners and operators right now using it during this pandemic. But the other big difference for us that we're, we're launching in August is our coaching platform. Myself as a coach throughout the years have used, you know, Excel, email, have used different types of technology like you're seeing coaches and trainers use now like Instagram Live and Facebook Live to create a workout builder that allows a coach to drag and drop traditional modalities that they program with like body weight training, kettlebell training, different types of even the Viper functional device as well and different types of suspension training as well. It's a really, for me, it's an exciting launch for us with the Meal Coach and Meal Q platform. But as a company, the big difference is that we're a digital fitness company. We're not just a wearable device manufacturer. So we're not just offering you a heart rate monitor for the standard runner, cyclist, or swimmer. We're actually creating a coaching portal and then a consumer on-demand portal where they can select their own workouts based on the, what they have available to them and creating this community that allows them to automate and analyze that information. And that's really it, it's analyzing that information. The other big differentiator is we're using first speed analytics that allows us to take a look at their dose of exercise via training load number, what effect did they get from that workout with a training effect score? And then a recommended recovery time that they should acknowledge if they're going to do a specific training program. So for us, it's about the data and the types of workouts that you can do. Again, it's a, it's a digital fitness platform that's going to really, for us, we feel that the coach within is our call to action on this, where we're trying to educate the consumer and owners and operators to monetize this during this time where people 
are being challenged and going to a gym right now, even though we know gyms are safe, we also have to acknowledge that there's the consumer that doesn't want to go back to the gym because they're scared. And to help those people strengthen their immunity and keep them fit and also leverage the services and amenities in a fitness club, we're helping them be able to communicate to them with this digital fitness platform. So that's our that's our big differentiator against some of the other heart rate monitoring manufacturers in the industry. So what was the phrase you used? I like the phrase. I'm, I'm trying to capture it to describe your company. You said the coach within. Yeah. yeah. You know, normally, if anyone's, our history's always been trained with heart. Uh, okay. And it's an emotional call to action as well. So our two taglines are to train with heart for me, as I shared with my story is, you know, is to use heart rate to help me mitigate any issues with my own health, but to make sure that I'm safe and effective. So it's to be a warrior, but then the coach within is people know that heart rate data is a display on their own vehicle of how hard they're working and where they are at relevant to their maximums and how many calories they've expended using heart rate data, but how are they using that to guide them through their workout? And for us, that's the coach within. Got it. So you talked about clubs or owners, operators monetizing this, which really that's, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. And so we, we're, we're really big on trying to help give our readers or our audience or our listeners practical sort of examples on how they can monetize things or how they can save money. So along those lines, talk to me about, and you and you started talking about it, but talk to me a little bit more about how this impacts the bottom line for an operator. Sure. So a gym owner during this time, let's take a look at exactly what's been happening, right? There've been either shutdowns, furloughs, or delayed openings or openings with limited attendance. So what we can do and what we can assist the gym owner to do is there's a couple of ways and also personal trainers as well. That's another community that needs to be helped during this time. So the way we could help a gym owner is we'll give them a workout builder platform that they could work with their clients to train them remotely using our workout builder that allows a client to download an app in the app store, our meal training inside app, and get queued with their, their data and their workout. So a coach will see when the person has finished their workout allowing them to do push notifications, allowing them to educate them on the already the post report that the client receives. They can charge for those services through their current billing and processing software that they use at their gyms, or they can use different means to monetize that. In other words, they can, you know, for a personal trainer, what we've done with coaches and trainers that are unfortunately been furloughed, but still train a community that wants to do some passive income solutions. That's where this workout builder fits in because they've been passionately still coaching and training through Facebook Live or YouTube Live or Instagram Live, 
but this allows them now to actually work with the rest of the community that might what that might want to train with them but they have to train with them on their own time and it might not be the same time as that facebook live or instagram live event so this allows them to create unique workouts or as an owner if i'm not a yoga specialist i could use pre-configured yoga workouts and offer that service through the workout builder as well. Okay. There's different modalities in, in, in that programming as well. On behalf of Mio Labs, our hearts go out to those impacted directly and indirectly by COVID-19. At this time of social distancing, it's more important than ever to stay connected. And that's what Mio Coach and Mio Q are great at keeping people digitally connected and engaged, especially as it relates to health, wellness, and fitness. If you haven't already done so, we invite you to go to mio-labs.com and download a free trial of real-time interactive audio coaching and fitness content. So I want to make sure I'm capturing your product set correctly because I've heard you talk about coach, I've heard you mention Q, and then I've heard you mention workout builder. So I guess if you could take our listeners through your main products, you know, however you guys position them, and then maybe a sentence or two about what, what each one, the purpose of each one is for. Sure. That's great. That's a great question. So it's a three-step process. So step one is the meal coaching platform for a gym owner or a trainer. They would have a membership. They could use a trial membership for 30 days to see if this actually works within their business model. So there's no risk. The client could also download the app and have that experience too. And they invite the client as in that part, step one, to be part of their community. Step two would be the coach or the owner and operator will create a workout using our workout builder found in Mio Coach. Got it, okay. And and then the client, if they want to really maximize their training workouts, they have the option of training with our meal pod heart rate monitor. And it allows them to get the additional data points like training load, training effect and recovery, but also the trainer can then help them with their calorie intake information that they're getting from heart rate training for maybe nutritional services. And then the last step is the post-processing, in other words, the reporting, right? So that reporting could be semi-personal where the coach or the operator gets to see when the client has done their workout, how well did they do, and give them that behavior modification push notification, like great job, or hey, looks like you really had a stressful day, I'm changing the next workout, you know? So it allows that three-step process to create a workout and then to engage and educate the consumer in throughout that whole process. So it's a three-prong approach, coach, cue, and the wearable. Got it. Going back to monetizing, if you can, and you may not be able to, and I, and I respect that, but if you can share maybe some specific examples of how you know some operators have actually monetized this, that would be great for our listeners to hear. 
Sure. So there's been club owners that have used the meal pod with their coaching where they've used it in a group format. Like I've mentioned, self loops where they're in small group sessions and they're displaying it on screen. We've configured our app to be able to push into that app, that display as well remotely. If they wanted to train at home at the same time, be displayed on a tile and do video coaching with a coach on Zoom or some other live video casting solution. And that's been going on right now in during the COVID time so that uh, owner has could still bill that as part of the services or membership and they can have some ongoing revenue occurring right now like they normally do for their day-to-day month of revenue basically coming from the membership that they normally a dues-based business model that's a common term that gym Great. owners will, will generate some revenue now the ancillary revenue is in the selling the wearable device but now if you wanted to just do a coaching and training service one-on-one with meal coach we've been this model you know like gets released in august but we've been testing it now and it would work the same way where instead of doing a group class format because you have certain individuals that might prefer one-on-one or prefer to train on their own and still get some group and community outreach where they can share in a closed facebook group and push their workouts there because we can also push our data to social media we're integrated with different types of abilities to share data so you can share this on Strava, you can share this in different groups. We export data as a dot .fit file. So if a coach wanted to use this with training peaks, they can. So there's unique applications here for revenue as far as training peaks for certain running and cycling coaches. Everybody has their own revenue model. This is just another way of using a smarter wearable that is easier to deploy in that environment. But those are the, those are the really uh, ways of generating revenue, which is Tuesday's business model, ancillary revenue. And then for trainers, we do have an affiliate program on our website that allows a trainer to be able to become an affiliate and get 15% margin on selling the device with a discount code that they can provide to their customers. Oh, wow. Very good. Are there other challenges and trends that maybe, I mean, obviously the whole industry, the whole world's going through COVID right now, and you've mentioned some of the things specific to that that you guys are doing. Are there other challenges or trends that health clubs face that that you guys can help with? I think where we can help is in actually providing an objective data point that they can help their consumer show them that, hey, if you're working out this much, what's the ideal dose of exercise? That's where the training load number helps. It's, it's again, it's based on 20 years of peer-reviewed research by First Beat Analytics, where we're looking at the time spent in, within zones and looking at that epoch value and that helps them be able to help those clients to really answer that it's it's understanding where the community is right now i mean the statistics 
I'm a realist, so I, I don't try to be, I don't try to sugarcoat things, but we know that 59% of gym members right now are not going to come back to the gym. And we know that industry wide business success is down by the tune of 60 to 70%. So we need to figure out and help people figure out together how we could move forward. And I really feel that the new economy that's built around digital platforms is where that should help us be able to overcome some of these challenges. That's really, that's really, I think, where we need to really focus on it together. How can we make a hybrid business model? In the past, a good example to look at is the studio fitness model kind of forced the big box gyms to acknowledge that they need to have a specific programming that allows them to get specific results that are just that revenues membership dues based business model was not enough. Right. So now what you're seeing is exactly what's the next thing. And the next thing I feel is this digital coaching platform. Uh, and there's several different people that are proving it right now. As an example, Peloton, Tonal, Strength, you're seeing Mira recently got acquired by Lululemon. You're seeing a massive push. Echelon is another fitness product company that, that is creating a digital fitness community as well. So I think gym owners and operators need to maybe consider how much retail space and how much of your gym space might be a showroom to one, sell equipment directly to your own member, but also then sell that service that not only exists in your gym, and also outside your gym, especially as we're going to be dealing with these changes in COVID and how these outbreaks are occurring throughout the country. Yeah, I was on a digital roundtable, I think a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but one of the panelists talked about how the industry needs to think of itself more holistically, meaning that, you know, we're health and wellness providers, but it's not driven by location necessarily. So you need to think about, okay, how do we, you know, from a from a holistic standpoint, provide health and wellness to our members, which touches on a lot of the things that you're talking about. So that's good. I guess, is there a misperception or something that you think maybe our listeners may think about either Mio or heart rate monitor companies in general that maybe you'd like to kind of clear up? Yeah, I think that just becomes, to be honest, like throughout my whole career, I remember when I started out with Polar, the argument was that at that time, the medical community didn't accept one lead ECGs as an accurate method of heart rate measuring because there was always issues with conductivity of the chest belt and it's sliding and moving. And when it moved, it created motion artifact. And, but throughout the years, it got better with, you know, concepts from biomedical engineering, looking at filtering data so it could eliminate that motion artifact. And I think the same happened in the last, I would say five years with PPG sensor technology. And when we initially launched it, the argument was that it's great for people that are lying and being active but it's not accurate when you get people moving more. Then the next argument became 
that the area of measurement is not the best area of measurement. And that's where you know, risk-based technology started many years ago. And with NEO, we OEM the first PPG sensor technology for Garmin and all of Adidas's my coach line at that time. And what we quickly realized is that we opened up, in essence, Pandora's box for us as a company. Everyone else adopted PPG sensor technology because it just keeps on advancing. It keeps getting better. Technology keeps getting better. Every two years, we're getting better battery, pro better battery life out of products. We're getting better methods of acquiring signals. And that's where we are today when you know, we, we measure really from the upper arm compared to a risk-based unit because the location's a better area for mitigating the issues that you saw initially in our initial launch, which was, you know, we're great to measure for running, cycling, and swimming, but when it came to certain exercises done in a gym, it, because of blood pooling, and because the risk area has, is more or less a sack of what I always call when I taught anatomy courses, it's a sack of marbles because we got a, a bunch of bones that compose our risk joint and it has poor circulation. So it's, you know, we, we basically, the engineers didn't really thought about the anatomy of this. They just thought, hey, everyone wears a watch. We could use a PPG sensor here. Fast forward to where we are now, we have different areas that we can measure heart rate. The best area is in the inner ear canal, which we have on our product roadmap as well. We have different technologies as well that we're gonna be launching that are wrist arm based as well. But the argument always been, has been the same from every, depending upon what technology you pick. Heart rate at the end of the day or technology at the end of the day, you got your technophobes and you got your early adopters. But I think there's no disputing it any longer that we need to be responsible practitioners and we should be looking at data and not basing a decision on personality or a sweaty t-shirt any longer. We need to be leading and we need to be educating and showing that exercise done effectively and that could be based on the individual's fitness level and the individual's proper training zones will lead the proper results and will actually keep a consumer fit for life as opposed to trying to have one size fits all or to be part of the tribe because the tribe is a cool tribe of individuals that you want to be part of. Makes sense. In terms of the future of the company, you know, where's the company headed? Where will you guys be, say, five, 10 years from now, in your view? What can our listeners expect? We're going to be the coaching leader in the industry. We are going to be creating more different types of wearable devices. We will be an open platform and always, always be an open platform. We invite other companies to integrate within our platform. For us, our goal is to have 80,000 users within five years of the MeoQ platform and over 6,000 Neo coaching users as well. So for us, it's creating this community that allows owners and operators to succeed in or outside of a gym. Got it. 
Very good. If our listeners are interested in contacting you or your company, what's what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. If they want to contact me, they can reach out to me at Marcelo, M-A-R-C-E-L-O dot A-L-L-E-R at meo-labs.com. Or I'm also on LinkedIn. If they want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, those are pretty much the two communities that I'm always open and available for. I'm always open for networking and I encourage anyone that's listening to this to please reach out to me. I'm always eager to talk about the industry and to make suggestions if you're looking to either network or find out information about the industry or where you might fit in your next opportunity, please reach out to me. I often get that request through LinkedIn where people look at my career and look at my 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 resume on LinkedIn, they will see and saying, how's this guy who started out as a trainer end up to be where I am today? And my degree is in, in physical education with various different types of certificates in uh, business. But if you look at it, if you told me 22 years ago that I'd be running and, and operating a technology company as a, as a gym operator and trainer, I would have told you that that's not gonna be me because I always looked at people on this side of the table, which were predominantly my clients, as stiffs that, that never really <laughs> understood, you know, what it is to be a total human. But I think, sure, I realized that that's a false uh, idea. <laughs> Very good. It's a great story, and I can attest that he is very responsive in terms of communicating, so please do reach out to him. Marcelo, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It's great getting to spend some time with you and getting to learn more about Mio. I wish you continued success in the future. Thank you, Rico. This is great.